Well, hello, hello. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Happy Independence Day. Welcome to my channel. This is going to be part of a new series that I'm starting called the Dis Enrage series, where I, I basically think that there is way too much um, outrage addiction going on and in the, in the so-called anti-woke, anti-CRT space. And I decided I wanted to take a step back for, well, my own sanity, if for no other reason, to focus on some of the higher level questions of the student of the of the human experience. Because listen, when you exist in a place where you are kind of part of the culture war, where you're seeing all of the insanity going on all day, every day, when you're watching outrage videos on Twitter all day, every day, it can be really difficult to remember what you're fighting for and why all of this is important, because there is so much life beyond the internet, beyond Twitter. And I think it's a shame that people um, get so worked up that they become the monster they're fighting. And I've seen people um, that used to be normal people not too long ago absolutely lose their minds and become unhinged, deranged lunatics. And I just think that it's really, really sad. And rather selfishly, I don't want to turn into that. You know, I'm a person that always had, I've, I've had spirituality in my life for a very long time. I actually, I write about this in my book, Actively Unwoke. I credit spirituality for being the reason that I did not become woke when all of my friends uh, decided to pretty much at the same time in my life. I really think it was because I had that higher level perspective that I was able to kind of save myself from uh, that route that my, went, that my friends didn't have. And so I want to talk about spirituality. And we're going to we're going to tackle today. You know, it's it's a light day. It's 4th of July. People are at barbecues. Half of you are probably drunk while you're watching this. So we're going to tackle a rather light question. What is God? What is God? Just just the small questions um, as part of the Disenrage series. And what we're actually going to be doing is I'm going to be uh, watching this video. And we're going to talk about this video. This is a video from a channel called Channeling Eric. Now, I used to watch Channeling Eric like religiously like every single day and basically channeling eric is a channel with a mom and this is her right here her name is alicia Matthews, and she has a son um named eric and eric sadly died young but eric now comes back and i know this sounds weird for people who aren't spiritual through channeled conversations and so we see that she's got um a psychic channeler here her name is jamie and she has a whole bunch of different people who channel him on the on the channel that's why it's called channeling eric and they do lots of cool things they have they do afterlife interviews with famous historical figures they've done afterlife interviews with everyone from hitler to queen elizabeth to henry the eighth to john mcafee to um they do a lot of like they do like true crime afterlife interviews they've done interviews with like the higher the higher selves of like kyle Ritten house the higher selves of donald trump so people who are still alive but your higher self is like the spiritual version of you um that exists and they've got a lot of interesting content on their channel and listen even if you don't believe in channeling and i'm i'm you know what that's a pretty it's a perfectly valid thing to not believe that channeling is real that doesn't actually matter because the perspectives they have and the ideas that they have are still very good. Even if you think that these two women are just making up these ideas out of thin air, and spoiler alert, they aren't. 
They are not the first people to talk about these ideas. These ideas have been talked about for a really, really, really long time, even before the Christian Bible. Um, but even if you think that they're just making all of this stuff up and channeling is not real and psychics are not real, it doesn't actually matter because the ideas that they're exploring are still worthy of consideration. And so what we're going to do is um, I actually watched this video earlier. I was kind of I was kind of catching up. I haven't watched Channeling Eric all that much recently. Um, I watched an afterlife interview they did with Prince Philip over the weekend, and it was actually really good. It was it was I posted it in my locals. I posted it on Twitter. It was an excellent interview. Um, and I kind of just started digging back into some of their content. And I watched this video this morning and I thought it was really good. And I also thought it was a really good video that we could um that I could expand on some ideas on. So we're going to watch this video and we're going to talk about what they're saying God is. And then I'm going to expand on it with some of my own ideas. And I would love to hear your ideas too. And and I really mean this in the chat, or if you um, are watching this later and you want to leave a comment, I want to hear your ideas about this topic too, because one of the things you're going to find in this video is that, um, is that God shows up in different ways to every single person. And there is no one right way to understand God. And this is a topic I've, you know, talked about before. I think that all the major religions, they, they get, they get it right. In some respects, there is overlap among all of them and, and to include my spiritual belief system. And so I think that God shows up to people in the way that they need God to show up to them in their current experience. And that, by the way, might include not at all. There are perfectly valid reasons why someone would have a human experience being an atheist and not even believing God exists at all. So those are some of the ideas that uh, we're going to explore today. Um, and I hope you're excited about it. We're also going to talk about grooming, though. I know this is a seemingly unrelated topic, but I promise it is. And actually, it was it was this topic that actually got me thinking about like God earlier today. Um, again, we're tackling the light questions. It's Independence Day. Um, and so we're also going to look at this stupid article. So essentially what happened is that Deb Philman and that like ridiculous Twitter horde are now starting to argue that I'm a groomer because I had a friendship with a man in his late 20s and I occasionally made a joke about sex and that made me a groomer. And, um, and you know, I, I know that you guys will all be shocked and appalled to hear that I occasionally make jokes about sex. Yet the people who are in on my late night stream last night will be particularly shocked and appalled to hear that I think that sex is funny and an, and, and an interesting topic to joke about. And usually I'm not doing it any sort of like salacious way. Okay, sometimes I am doing it in a salacious way, but most of the time I'm not. And apparently the horde that bullies me and stalks me and harasses me on Twitter every single day of my life has decided that I'm a groomer because I occasionally make jokes about sex and, you know, did so in private with someone who I thought was a friend of mine who then turned out to have a psychotic break live on the internet for all of us. But I do want to talk about this because this is actually something that's very, very deeply concerning to me that people are now going so off the rails with the topic of grooming that not only are they focusing on like what's happening in schools with kids, which if you're focusing on grooming from a perspective of what is happening with kids in schools that is completely valid and necessary completely valid and necessary listen when you're talking about children compelled to attend government funded schools 
paid for by our taxpayer dollars and they are being convinced by their teachers to enact medical treatments that could be non-reversible and are completely unnecessary, that is a legitimate problem. However, when you are just talking about normal adult relationships, that's not grooming. And it's one of those things, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this channel of there being, you know, the the right backlashes against the left and the left backlashes against the right because life is about balance. And if you've got someone going to the extreme on this side, you're going to have a backlash on the other side. And so we've seen the left get so extreme and what they're teaching kids in schools and what they believe is acceptable in terms of like drag queens and exposing children to sex sexually explicit content. We've seen the left get so extreme that now the right is backlashing against that extreme. And it's like, they're not, they're, they're going too far. And we're going to look at this article, which is an article that Deb Philman shared on Twitter as proof, apparently, that I'm a groomer. And we're going to talk about why this is ridiculous and not only why this is ridiculous, but why this is dangerous. Listen, the whole point of the Disenraged series is that I think that a lot of people in this space are really flying off the handle and are and are going quite frankly to really really dark places and i actually feel sorry for deb believe it or not if she honestly believes this is true i actually feel sorry for her if kieran honestly believes this is true i feel really sorry for him i think he's being manipulated i think that he is being led astray by uh, by by people who are older than him who should know better who are behaving grossly irresponsibly i think that it's like and the reason i think that this is so sad is because it, it, if you truly believe that every adult relationship you have is predicated on someone else seeking to use you or they're grooming you, that it just means that you are not ever going to be in a place where you are going to actually be able to have functional adult relationships. And Jean says it in the chat, like, both sides are ruining sex. That's exactly right. And not even about sex, Gene. It's not even about sex, like, e explicitly in terms of, like, the act of sex. But it feels like both sides are ruining humanity. Both sides are ruining, like, having just, like, like being a human being and being around each other and being, having, taking part in a human experience. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about. Like, what is that human experience? What does it mean to have that human experience when we talk about what is God? And so I think that the more that people engage in just this really awful behavior online in which they, they are truly create, like life is a creative thing. And we're going to talk about this in this video. Life is about creating your experience. What is creativity? What does it mean? To, like creating your experience, creating your emotions, creating the types of human relationships you have, creating the type of work you do, creating your interactions with people. Life is a creative experience. And what happens when you are eliminating all sorts of possibilities for human interaction? You are, you are limiting yourself to one of the most constricted and unfulfilling life experiences that I can possibly imagine. And we always knew the woke left wanted this. We always knew they wanted this because they want to be able to, to control what people say and what people do and how they express themselves. But now the right is getting in on this as well. And it's just like, everyone is missing the point. Everyone is missing the point 
of what this is supposed to be. And so that's going to be the topic of our show today, guys. I do hope you enjoy it. Mount that like button if you have not already. I hope you subscribe to the channel. We've got a lot of great conversations coming up in the Disenraged series. Just to give you a little preview of what's coming at you this week, we on Wednesday are going to have a conversation with Magister Bill M. He is a priest in the Church of Satan, and he's going to talk to us about what the Church of Satan is. Now, I'm not saying that people should join the Church of Satan. I'm not saying that at all. I will not be joining the Church of Satan. But part of what I want to do with this series is just expose people to different human experiences and different ways of viewing the world. And to be quite frank, I don't know what the Church of Satan is. I don't know what they believe. And I want to find out. I want to find out what is compelling about that. What do they hold dear? What are their values? What are their rituals like? How do they show up in the world? What do they think about what's going on in the world right now? I think that that is a fascinating thing. And so we're going to talk to Bill. Bill is a great guy. Um, he actually hosts one of the longest running Satan podcasts on the internet, which is just like kind of interesting in of itself. It's like anytime you find people that go against the grain of what is socially acceptable. Those are people that I want to talk to because I think that those are the most interesting and resilient people probably among us. So we're going to do that on uh, Wednesday at 5 p.m. On Thursday at 5 p.m., we're going to do a pork fest recap with Dennis Pratt and Dennis is bringing with him a whole bunch of friends. And we're going to talk about the greatest libertarian festival in the history of the world, pork fest, and how it went this year. And I'm really looking forward to that. Having Dennis on the channel is always a treat and he's bringing a whole bunch of people with him to talk about pork fest so that's not part of the disenraged series but it's just something we're doing on the channel you can see i'm trying to i try to make it really clear what's part of what with my branding so anytime you see this like dark purplish thumbnail with the the orb and the whole thing with the orb is like i'm trying to demonstrate like bringing things back into coherence um that's gonna be part of the disenraged series the thumbnail looks like this it's gonna be part of like my general content on the channel and then on friday at 2 p.m on 2 p.m. So on Fridays, we go over to my second channel, Actively Unwoke, for happy hour at 5 p.m. But on Friday at 2 p.m., because this is his schedule and it was the most astrologically sound time that he wanted to do it, um, we're going to have Joshua on the channel. And Joshua is going to talk about what is it like to be a psychic? How does one become a professional psychic? How What is his process for psychic things? What does it feel like to be a psychic? You know, I, I found that, you know, of all the people that I've met in the world, and obviously I, I know a lot of psychologists, but Joshua actually has some of the most profound insight into the human experience in general of any person I've ever met. And I really believe um, that's because, uh, you know, he he like he does this psychic stuff. And I think that he is able to see underneath what what you know, what most people want you to think drives their behavior and um, and actually gets to the core of it. Gene, I'm not sure I saw those DMs. Was it on um, Facebook or was it on Twitter? Let me know where it was. I don't really look up at Facebook that much, but if it was on Twitter, I, d I don't think I saw them and I want to make sure I double check on that. So guys, that's what we have in store for us today. I hope uh, you'll enjoy it. Um, and just a reminder that if you do want to support the work I'm doing and get access to a private Zoom call that I'm going to be having at, at 7 p.m. tonight. Yeah, we're going to do our Zoom call today, even though it's a day off. But we're going to see how it goes. But the next Zoom call in my locals community is 7 p.m. tonight. And it's just a private Zoom call where we just get on Zoom and we talk about whatever's going on in the world. We might gossip. We might plot. We might just hang out like normal human beings and talk about life and love and friendships and and all of these things. And, you know, that's we we do. We run the gamut on my local Zoom calls. And if you want to get access to that, what you need to do is head over to kb.locals.com support. 
And you can sign up for five bucks a month or more if you want to, but you don't have to. You could also sign up for 50 bucks a year, which gives you two months for free. You could also make a one-time gift and all of that is going to get you access to my private Zoom call at 7 p.m. It's going to get you access to the one on Wednesday we do at noon. It's going to get you access to the unedited version of my brand new podcast that I just launched called Watching the West Wing after taking the red pill. I'm releasing the edited versions on YouTube and all major podcasting platforms. Um, So you guys can check that out if you haven't seen it. Episode one is up now. I just finished episode two last night. Um, And episode two is actually already available to my local support because it is the unedited version and not the edited version that takes me an hour and a half to put together. So the edited version of episode two will be coming soon. But if you want the unedited version, then become a supporter in Locals today. You also get access to the Discord, to Writers Group, all sorts of great perks for my Locals community. All right, let's let's dig into it. And I want to start with this grooming article because this was something that Again, Deb Philman shared this on Twitter today to apparently present evidence that I was grooming a 27-year-old man by making a joke about sex with him, um, which is absurd in and of itself. But that's actually not why I wanted to talk about this article. I wanted to talk about this article because I think that this, this whole perspective of grooming an adult is honestly insane and unhinged. Listen, here's the thing, guys. I think it is extremely dangerous. And I've talked about this, you know, a little bit lighter over the past couple of years. I, but I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to be as blunt as I possibly can. It is extremely dangerous for every adult to run around telling every other adult that they don't like for some reason that they are a narcissist. It is extremely dangerous to throw around the label of narcissist where that label does not apply. Very few people are narcissists. Very few people, a very, very, very small percent of the adult population have narcissistic personality disorder. I know you're going to say, Carlin, the woke left are all driven by narcissism. No, they're not. Not. The woke left are driven by the exact opposite of narcissism. The woke left are driven by a profound lack of self-esteem and lack of self-worth, and lack of personal resiliency, it is almost the direct opposite of what narcissistic personality disorder is and why narcissistic personality disorder manifests. Narcissistic personality disorder most often manifests as a result of the relationship that you have with your mother, and it happens in childhood. It usually happens before the ages of seven or eight, and then that follows you through the course of your life, and it is extremely hard to cure, and is it because the nar- an actual narcissist will never admit that they are a narcissist. They can't see it. They are able to completely, no, no oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. See, everyone is an armchair psychologist when it comes to narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissists are not insecure. They are not insecure in any way. Narcissists believe that they are the best people in the world. They believe that they have the best status in the world, the best image in the world, that they are the center of the universe, that they are the very best at every possible thing. But they're not insecure. They're really not. Anyone that narcissists can't even entertain the idea that they might be wrong because that is how much it is ingrained in their personality that they are perfect in every possible way and everyone is beneath them. Well, then you're psych. Well, I'm a psychologist, Alice. 
I'm a psychologist that has actually written a book about this. I did. I wrote an ebook a long time ago about this. I've worked on this topic extensively. The, any psychologists that you learn this from are really shitty at their jobs. They're really bad. So no, no. Narcissists think that they are always right. Narcissists do not have an insecurity problem. Anyone who says that is a liar. And maybe they just have been taught lies as well. But like, I, I just cannot stand it. And, and by the way, what Alice probably means when she says that is she learned it from someone on YouTube who pretended to be a psychologist. I'm guessing. And I really think that this is an incredibly dangerous thing that's going on in this community right now, because if you diagnose every single person that you disagree with as a narcissist, you are inhibiting our ability to actually solve the problem. You are inhibiting our ability to actually deal with the reality of the situation in front of us. They are not narcissists. They are, generally speaking, exactly the opposite of narcissists. Just because someone uses a tone you don't like does not mean they're a narcissist. Just because someone says words that you don't like does not mean that they are a narcissist. Just because someone may present more aggressively than you are and it makes you feel insecure about yourself does not make them a narcissist. Just because someone someone has relationships with people that you don't like does not make them a narcissist. Just because someone has success that you wish you had does not make them a narcissist. Very few people in the world are real narcissists. We're talking about four to six percent of the overall population. And by the way, those narcissists are usually not spending time on Twitter. You know what those narcissists are doing is they're going out into the world and they're actually creating things. Narcissists are extremely, are, are, well, I shouldn't say extremely, narcissists are disproportionately likely to become executives in organizations. Do you want to know why? Because narcissists think that what they have in the world is so valuable that they pursue it unapologetically. They will put themselves up for every single job, for every single promotion, because they truly believe that they are the best person for that role. Even if they don't have the experience, even if they are not the best person for that role, they truly believe with every fiber of their being that they are the best person for that role. And they are able to drown out any criticism at all. They don't even hear the criticism. They are able to completely drown it out. The reason that Donald Trump was able to get elected president is because he is a narcissist. And yes, I do believe that. And I'm not saying it as a pejorative. I'm not saying it as like a, an own. I'm not saying it as an insult. It actually worked really well in Donald Trump's favor because when everyone thought that Trump was crazy for running for president when he came down that escalator, when everyone thought Trump was crazy, everyone was saying, no, 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 Trump, this is never going to work. He's getting all this negative feedback. Donald Trump was able to put his blinders on and completely block out all of that feedback and keep his eye relentlessly focused on the prize. And that was how he won. And that was how he got elected because of the traits of this disorder. And yes, I do believe he was a narcissist because he has the same problems with the relationship with his mother when he was a kid. And there are all sorts of other things there. But I mean, uh, the other thing too, is that like, you know, a lot of people use the term narcissist as an insult. I don't think it's an insult. It's not an insult. It's a sad thing. It's a really sad thing. And so anyone who is using it as an insult is just like probably a really, really horrible person. Um, 
So let's take a look at this article and I'm going to talk about why it's wrong. And then we're going to watch this video about um, what what is God. And I swear these two things are related. And I think how they're related is going to become known as we make our way through this stream. So this is on a website called Learning Mind, which is a shitty clickbait website. And it's called What is Grooming and Six Ways Narcissists Use It to Manipulate You. Before the narcissist utilizes the full extent of their toxicity, they will groom you. No, that's not actually true at all. You're going to notice um, in this uh, in this article, they aren't actually going to present any references. They're just basically going to write as though what they have to say is absolute fact. This is the subtle way someone with narcissistic personality disorder sets their hooks. No, that's not how that works. To understand grooming, you need to know how the narcissist operates. Someone with narcissistic personality disorder is a complex individual. Although they seem to have a grandiose view of themselves, this is only a facade to cover their low self-esteem. And this is how we know that this website is bullshit. Anytime you hear someone on the internet talking about how narcissists have low self-esteem and this happens on websites like this this happens on youtube that josh slocum disaffected podcast asshole has propagated this like uh it, it's just not true dude it's not true and he, excuse me one sec <coughs> i'm sorry about that guys um anytime you see something where someone is saying that a narcissist has low self-esteem that should be a sign to you that they really don't know what they're talking about Yeah, Sparkle, you're right. This is pop psychology at best. So what is grooming? The word grooming basically means preparing someone for what's to come. It's getting them ready, setting them up to enter the next stage of the show. But let's face it, those with narcissistic personality disorder are hollow inside. And to feel whole inside, they must put on a performance for others. They must groom people to fool them to make them go into the next level, seeing the narcissist as a magnificent star of the show and the best of everything, dare I say, dream come true, too good to be true. Now let's look at the uh, the characteristics that they are saying that a narcissist will use to groom adults. Again, not children. We're not talking about children in this article, which are people with impressionable minds. We're talking about adults with fully developed brains. This is what they're saying. They're saying a narcissist will use cold empathy. You cannot say the narcissists have no empathy at all. This wouldn't be true. Well, that, that actually is another sign that this article is full of shit. Narcissists really don't have empathy. They Narcissists do not understand what human, what like what what what, what it really means to feel human emotion. They really don't. They can feign that they feel it, but they do not understand um, human emotion to the depths that these people seem to think that they do. Now, narcissists don't have empathy. Um, cold empathy. Cold uh, In the grooming stages, the narcissist needs to learn as much as possible about their target to fool them. The idea is to make you feel comfortable so you don't expect anything nefarious. So they're actually saying that the first step of a narcissist grooming you is that they have to get to know you. Now, when you are creating a human friendship with someone, when you are getting to know someone, building a friendship, building a relationship, whatever that, whatever the nature of that relationship happens to be, whether it's platonic or romantic or whatever, or business relationship, whatever it happens to be, you have to get to know them. This article is literally saying that the act of a human being getting to know another human being 
is an example of a narcissist grooming a target. How are we ever supposed to build human relationships if you're not allowed to get to know another person? That just doesn't make sense. So what these people would have you believe is that the act of, of grooming involves like getting to know someone. That makes no sense at all. If you want to build human relationships and friendships, you have to talk to people and you have to get to know them. So we can just cross that point off next. Um, the, lar- the, the next thing they say is that narcissists will do love bombing. This is where the too-good-to-be-true part comes into play. Have you ever entered a relationship where the other person seems to worship the ground you walk on? Yeah, that's not normal in case you haven't gotten to the bad part yet. This is a red flag. A narcissist will shower you with love, gifts, compliments, and things that are that that nature until you become and things of that nature until you become dependent on them. Then they will pull these things away, show a bit of their true nature. So what this is saying here is that it's grooming for a person to give someone compliments. Again, that's not grooming. And by the way, narcissists don't give compliments all that often. So if you're if you're honestly being love-bombed by someone, as this article says, that person is probably not a narcissist because that person is probably not going to see like nearly as much good in you as they see in themselves. Again, they see themselves as the center of the universe. They are the ones deserving of all the glory. Narcissists don't love-bomb people. This is just factually incorrect. But again, what I'm worried about here is that this is an article warning adults about what adult grooming looks like and they're saying the characteristics of grooming are that someone is getting to know you and someone is saying nice things to you and doing you favors again these are all parts of completely functional normal human relationships and if you are telling people and convincing people that this is grooming behavior you are inhibiting them from forming healthy, functional human relationships. Next up, they say mirroring. This grooming tactic is linked to love bombing, but it's a tad bit different. Mirroring is when the narcissist pretends to have numerous things in common with the target. They build a connection by means of pretending to have the same interests, pet peeves, and hobbies. Okay, so now we're saying that if you have things in common with the person that you're talking to, to build a friendship that is a form of grooming. Again, how are you supposed to build human relationships with someone if the minute that person has things in common with you, you're like, oh, you're just trying to groom me. You're just trying to groom me. This is so unhealthy to be teaching people. This is so irresponsible to be teaching people. I feel like I can't even stand it. Digging for information. Sometimes during the early stages of a relationship, the narcissist will start asking loads of questions. This may make you feel like you like they find you intriguing and who doesn't like a little attention sometimes, but it's more than that. You see, this toxic personality acts like they want to know more about you and they want to help you when, when you share their, your problems. But this is an insidious form of grooming only to gather information about you so that the narcissist can use it against you later when things turn ugly. Again, When you are building a relationship with someone, you usually ask them questions. And guess what? They ask you questions too. 
That's how you get to know someone. So again, this article is taking something that is part of a normal human relationship and telling you that there is something wrong with this. This type of mentality is literally going to prevent people from ever having normal functioning human relationships. Alexandra says this mindset will create relationship retarded people. Yes. Yes. That is exactly unequivocally correct. This mindset is meant to get people apart. That is what this the purpose of this is. Five, psychological lying. To groom you for what's coming next. And I, I dare hear about what's coming next. The narcissist will lie straight from the beginning. If you talk about their former relationships, they will claim to never be at fault for the breakup. They may have other relationships going on at the same time, but according to them, you're the only one. There will be lies about numerous things and you'll out, you'll grow to trust them. Well, again, I think that anytime someone is building a relationship with someone new, they're going to be inclined to present themselves in the best possible light. Now, this is for better or worse. Sometimes things come back to bite you. Sometimes you might have a different perception of why our relationships went south than the other person has. Spoiler, spoiler alert, guys. When relationships go south, both people usually think that the other person is the problem. Okay? So if I have a relationship that goes south, I'm probably going to think that it is the other person's fault, at least to a certain extent. I like to try to be judicious. I like to try to, you know, put a little bit of blame on both sides to try to be honest with myself. But like, it's perfectly natural for like the other person to feel like this person, like the, the, the person that they had their relationship with wronged them in some way. Deborah, who is an actual therapist says, I guess the article, the author of the article didn't read the description in the DSM-5. No, Deborah, I'm guessing they did not read the description in the DSM-5. There will be lies about numerous things and you'll grow to trust them. Creating dependence. A narcissist will attempt to monopolize your time by helping you become dependent on them. When you get ready to do something, they will ask you to be with them instead. They may ask for hours of your time every week or even every day until you start to depend on them for everything. Okay, again, when people develop a friendship or a business relationship or any type of relationship, spoiler alert, they're going to spend time together. They're going to work on projects together. That, that necessitates spending time around the other person. Again, this is a classic example of why it is so dangerous to classify everything you don't like as narcissistic personality disorder. This article is very literally taking things that every human being has to go through in terms to build like sex, uh, successful human relationships, and they're twisting it to be the worst possible thing that can ever happen. How are you ever supposed to be develop friendships with people if you can't go through these things? And let's see, I just want to take, I want, I think, let me see, is this the one? Let me see. Da, 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 da. No, that's not the one I'm looking for. But there is a link in here. Ba, 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 ba. Love bombing. No, it's not the link. That's not the link. Okay, I thought there was a link in here that I, that I wanted to expand more on. Um, but I guess not. I guess I can't find it. But I guess like what I wanted to say with this article and why this whole idea that adults like this whole grooming thing with adults convincing themselves that every single person that's coming in to create a relationship with them or to build a friendship or every single person that they just meet in life is a groomer that's trying to take advantage of them. That is going to fundamentally inhibit their ability 
to build real adult human relationships. Maybe is it here? Let's see if, no, that's not it. I want to find this link. Apologies, guys. I should have had this pulled up. Mirroring. Is this it? I don't know. Well, this article, this, this website's not even worth worthy of looking at anyway. And guys, please, when you find stuff like this, when you find articles like this, this is clickbait nonsense. Most people, the vast majority of people that you meet in life are going to be good and decent people that are really trying to do the very, very best that they can. And I think it's a shame when people like Deb Philman share articles like this on the internet with the clear intent of manipulating people to believe things are true that are not true. Every single thing in this grooming article or descriptions of a narcissist, these are normal human conditions. Guys, human beings are imperfect. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they don't do things in the way they necessarily should. But if you, my biggest point with this is, if you really believe that every single person that you develop a friendship with, that maybe you get into a disagreement to, like if you really believe that every single person you've ever developed a friendship with that might go south or might have a disagreement or a bump or a hurdle or any of those things, if you really believe they're a narcissist that was trying to groom you as an adult in your late 20s, that is just going to set you up to lead a really unfulfilling life. Or as Alexandra said earlier in the chat, let me see if I can find it. It's going to make you relationship retarded. The vast majority of people out there are not narcissists. The vast majority of people out there are not groomers. And grooming when it comes to kids is a very, 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 very different conversation than grooming when it comes to adults. What this article doesn't even talk about is like, what do what does the narcissist even want? The article doesn't even get into like, why are, why are they even going about this alleged grooming in the first place? You know why it is? Because this is the process that people go through to build human relationships. And really, that's going to bring us into our, our talk about like, what is God? And I want to react to this video because I think that the whole idea of like, you know, if someone doesn't act the way I want them to act, if they don't use the words I want them to use, if they're doing all these things, what this, what, what pieces like this are trying to do is they're trying to convince you that there is only one way to see the world. They're trying to convince you that life is black and white, that human beings are either good or they are evil, that they are right or they are wrong. And that's not the way life works. We all have light in us and we all have dark in us. We all have good parts of our personalities and we all have what I call glorious flaws because every single person has them. There's not a single person that's perfect in this world. And we are all we are all spiritual beings living out a human experience where we are going to experience multiple aspects of ourselves. So why I wanted to do this big picture talk about what is God, at least this is going to be one perspective of God, is because I think that this, this idea of why are we here? What is the nature of humanity? 
what is the nature what what is the like, nature and virtue of having a human experience that is a question that I think is really important when it comes to this conversation. Ben, thank you for the uh, super chat. I appreciate it. So I'm just going to pop off for a second because I got to put this in a different tab so we can actually hear the sound. And what we're going to do is I'm going to play this video and uh, we're going to listen to what these two have to say about God. And I'm going to pause it at various times and add in my own perspective about what I think God is. And again, we're watching a channel called Channeling Eric. Um, and this is a mom whose son sadly passed away early, but now she works with different psychics and mediums and channelers like this woman on the right to channel her son. And they have conversations with other, you know, kind of like spiritual beings, but also they have conversations about the nature of life and our human experience. And, oh, Shapey said, God is a made up fictional energy unsubscribe. Dude, if you think you're going to pressure me into not talking about God because of your being uppity about it and you're going to unsubscribe from my channel like that's a good way to get blocked my friend that's a great way to get blocked i love it when people think that they can pressure me into talking about subjects they want me to talk about when they unsubscribe jesus christ um but we're gonna watch this video and i'm gonna pause it at certain points and i, I want to hear your thoughts too in the chat or in the comments section later of what you think they're saying as well and let's have a conversation about the nature of our experience Hello. How are you this morning? I'm good. Have you had your coffee? <laughs> Guys, we might have to sip it from, from time to time because we're both kind of exhausted. Yes. Uh, but Eric, I want to say hi to you too. Of he said, hi, mom. I love you. I love you too. I'm going to... Um, a really big so there are actually just side notes. So number one, before people start insulting the intelligence of the mother, she's actually a medical doctor. So she is not like a dumb woman by any stretch of the imagination. She's a medical doctor. And so there and other people who might question like, you know, is this really being channeled? And again, I said this at the at the um at the beginning, I don't actually think it matters whether this is real or not. But I also want to say there are other videos on this channel where every once in a while you can actually hear her son's voice. It's just whispers. It's very light. But every once in a while, they actually do catch him on audio. And you're going to see the uh, the 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 medium talk about how he's flicking the lights and messing around with different electronics. That is absolutely something spirit does. I know because my grandfather does it every now and again with like the lights that I have in my office. Sometimes they flicker and I know he's around when they're doing it. Um, but there are actually times in other videos on this channel where you can hear his voice and it's actually kind of, it's kind of neat. I don't know. Big topic with you. And that is God. You want to talk about God? <laughs> he goes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Well, everybody's inter interested in this, whether they're religious or not. So let's start out with, what is it? What is it? He's actually going to sit down for this one. Oh, I can't believe it. Not for long, I'm sure. Probably not. He said, if you want to ask the question about God, mm -hmm. we basically should be asking, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, what does? He says, let's talk about it. Let's okay. do it. Goes, so you're talking about God. Hmm? And could I make the assumption, dear mother, that you are defining God as like a dude who looks like a person or 
how should we approach this? Well, I don't think it's a dude that looks like a person. You're supposed to tell me these things. You're not interviewing me. It's the other way around. <laughs> we said, I just wanted to be clear that when we're asking the question, everybody who is listening understands what it is. Okay. You're just using the term in general, maybe as the basis of when people are in a religion, who mm-hmm. they kind of direct their faith and their worship to mm-hmm. God. <laughs> I guess he's waiting for you to respond. I don't know. It didn't really even seem like a question. Okay. Well, is it, uh, okay. God is a universal source of energy. Mm-hmm. It is where we all come from. We all, all the races, all the personalities, all the love, all the hate, all of everything comes from. It's mm-hmm. not some dude. In fact, when you meet this original source of energy from which we all are derivative from, mm-hmm. good word, Eric. That's a that's a pretty good word, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to pause there. So I've talked about this a couple times when I've been discussing spirituality, but you know, when I think of God, I, you know, I, I refer to it by several different things, God, source, the one true energy. Um, so they're already using similar language to the language that I use. And again, they didn't invent this stuff. I didn't invent this stuff. This has all been around for a really long time. Lots, millions of people have practiced it and written about it and all this stuff. But the easiest way that I can think of explaining for how I conceptualize this is there's a big ball of energy, infinite ball of energy that we all come from, that we are all a part of the same energy. So if you get the idea of like, I'm you, you're me, we're all connected. We are all connected in this greater level of consciousness that is this energy. That means that we all come from the same place. And this is part of why I really just have a very hard time when people on the internet try to convince other people that, you know, there are all sorts of evil narcissists out in the world and they're just trying to groom you and get to you because that's that doesn't even make sense in terms of the nature of what it means to be a human being from a bigger picture. We all have good. We all have evil. We, evil, we all have black. We all have white. We all have light. We all have dark. All of it comes from the same place. We all come from that same place. We are all part of that same energy. That energy will look like whatever you need it to. It can look like Mother Earth. It can look like the dude on the throne. It can look like a big Buddha. It can look like whatever you need. The, The term God is extremely loose when you're saying it vibrationally we're receiving it it's all about the original source of energy he said so she just said it's like it's going to show up to you in whatever way you're going to be receptive to whether that be a big like man with the white beard or a buddha or whatever it is God is in all of these different things. And so I don't think that there is any one right way to commune with God or to study God or to worship God or to interact with God, whether that be Christianity or Judaism or Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or, you know, a Fallon fucking gong or any of these other religions that are around the world. Um, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to interact with this stuff. Um, because almost everything, and I'm not talking about like crazy cults. Some people might think Falun Gong is a cult. That's a different topic for another day. Um, but like, I don't 
really buy into the fact that there is one way, the truth and the light. I think that everyone has their own path and everyone has different things that are going to work from them. Neil says, can God be a naked cat girl? Yes. Yes. God is everything. It's everything. It can indeed be a naked cat girl. The way that you can, the way that you can look at it is much like, I don't know what you're saying, Eric. I'm so sorry. You, the way that you can look at it is much like a neuron. Okay. There's kind of like a core center of information, of stored energy, and then just these light veins, these little transmitters that come off of it. And all the transmitters that come off of it, he says, those are our lifelines. And what we do with that is under our own control, our own free will. But it all feeds back and relates to this one prime source of energy. Wait a minute. So Stop, Bella. She's scratching to come up. Sorry. <laughs> Driving me crazy. Losing my focus. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt God. John says, I wanted to clarify when I said they're insecure. I was talking about the left. Yes. Well, I think that that is very true. But I also think it's true of anyone who buys into this whole grooming thing among adults. I think they're insecure as well. And it's just like, you know, being insecure is, is just as sad of a thing as being a narcissist, to be honest. It's actually even... You know, it, it's just as sad on, on a different level, but I totally agree with you, John. I think that the reason the woke left act the way they do is they are insecure. God, or you're talking about God. He said, she's so cute. Um, no, he said, and then when we start talking about energy like this, God like this, prime source energy, mm -hmm. possessing all that is, mm -hmm. then we start to wonder, well, who gave birth to that or where did that yeah. come from? He goes, that's really the real question here right one of them <laughs> that's not fair uh -oh. he doesn't he tell us and it's gonna stay a mystery yeah oh yeah no. so in none of these these channeled sessions do they actually tell us where god actually comes from or where god was created from i don't have an answer to that i kind of think of god as like it was an infinite thing that has always been and will always be um, and so they aren't going to give us that particular answer, but there's lots of good stuff that they will give us. So you say it's the original energy. How does that work if there's no time? Ah, so she just said something that might need explaining to people who don't understand this. So in, um, in this belief system, there is time is not real. Everything that has ever happened or will ever happen is happening right now. Now, now that's really hard for us as human beings to wrap our heads around because time is an organizing principle that we use in order to understand our existence. And so a lot of times in conversations like this, they talk about time as a linear concept, but they usually qualify it to say if time were real, because what's happening is they're trying to help human beings have a human experience, understand the concepts that they're talking about. And so they will talk about it as though it's a linear thing. But fundamentally, they do not believe the time is a real thing. Everything that has ever happened or will ever happen ha is happening right now. Now, that's an advanced concept. If you can't wrap your head around that concept, don't worry about it. If it, if it freaks you out, if it makes you a little... And that's a big one. But maybe we'll talk about it another show. 
Um, uh, I still have trouble with that concept myself. So if you're having trouble with that concept, you're not alone. But I just wanted to explain uh, what they were talking about there. You're asking the same thing I'm going over in my head with him. Uh I'm I'm asking him because he's able to say he's using linear language to help us understand the conversation better. See, Mm -hmm. But when we talk about a beginning or an ending or if the chicken came first or the egg, um, then for us, we see it as a beginning. But he's trying to calm me down. No, no, he goes, that's not what I'm trying to do. He says, I'm trying to stoke the fire. Well, you are. <laughs> Ask him another question. Okay. I'm brilliant, so- but I think I'm just taking him in circles. Okay. Well, he does that too. So, uh, this is it a collective consciousness? You know, is, is that what God is? That's part of it. That's not all of it. But that's- so a collective consciousness is essentially the idea that the purpose of life, I believe, is experience, is that we all chose as spiritual beings that are all parts of God to kind of break off from God and come to earth and to have a human experience as a spiritual being. But we're still all part of that collective. We're still all a part of that energy. And because we are all a part of that collective, every single thing that we experience in this world, whether it be a positive experience or a negative experience or anything in between, all of that information is kind of like uploaded back to the collective consciousness. So if one person experiences something, that means all of us are going to have access to that information. If a group of people experience something, then all of us are going to have access to that information part of it okay um well you've said before that that we are uh, part and whole of god can you talk about that yeah he says we can look at it in the reverse Mm -hmm. anything that is being taken from this prime source of energy is god Mm -hmm. and we talked about energy before if you're dividing the energy even the piece that is coming away from it is a complete whole. It's not seen as a portion of. Mm-hmm. Because I know that hurts people's heads because it's important as a human to be able to measure something, to understand where is it coming from? How does it look? What size is it? So that we can put it into a place in our head and say that we understand it. Mm-hmm. That kind of logical thinking when we are discussing God and energy and chicken before the egg doesn't work. It doesn't apply. We have to see it as even if we are considering a source and we are part of it, we come away from it, Mm -hmm. that this is an equal whole as this. Mm. We are God. God is us. We are prime energy. Prime energy is us. We are all made up of the same thing we can access the same thing. It's our free will when we dive into our bodies that we start to choose definitions and perceptions and likes and dislikes that design how we define God or where God is or how God exists. So Neil says, as an individualist, the idea of a collective conflicts with me. So Neil, a couple of things are going on here. Number one, we are talking about a spiritual belief system. So we are talking about like, it is, it is a different conversation than a human 
but then then what we're going to perceive as human beings. There is the spiritual belief system and the human belief system. And what they're trying to do is get us to zoom up from the human belief system into the spiritual. But what they just said, did say is we can all come from the collective and we can all break off from that collective. We're still part of the collective, but that individual that breaks off from the collective is an individual and is whole into itself. Okay, so even though we are we do all come from the same place, we all come from that collective energy, that individual, the individual that you are, that in itself is a complete form in itself. So you're still an individual. You still have individual likes. You still have individual dislikes. You still have individual beliefs, individual, um, you know, individual experiences. Everything about you is unique to who you are. There will never be another Neil Stone that exists in this world in the form that you are in right now. You are you are the ultimate individual. We are all the ultimate individuals. But that doesn't mean from a spiritual sense, not from a human sense, that we are not part of that collective at the same time. <laughs> this is really funny. He just kind of leans back. He, I don't know what that was. Like a... Uh -huh little jerk at the head he goes you know all of this is really really damn creative how people view god all, all of it's very damn creative mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like his professor voice or something mm -hmm. where's your pipe and your hat and your smoking jacket <clears throat> <clears throat> snaps his fingers can make things appear mm -hmm. oh play the role eric he goes carry on <laughs> with his pipe. So I loved in this that they talked about the act of creativity. Because like I said earlier, a human experience is a fundamentally creative act. Now, let's go back to the grooming bit, shall we? So what do you guys think in the chat? What do you guys think is the ultimate creative endeavor that a human can experience? What is the ultimate act of creativity that we as human beings can experience. Does anyone in the chat want to take a guess? And and think about it in the in, in the in the realm of like we are creating everything about our experience. We're creating ourselves. We're creating how we show up in the world. We're creating the types of relationships we have. We're creating um, the things that we do. What is do you think the ultimate ultimate form of creativity? Well, well, okay, death. Close. It's actually not unrelated to death. Ah, dragon water, sex, sex. Why is sex the ultimate act of creativity? Because sex is the way that we create little humans. Sex is the way that we create little human beings. It is the ultimate act of creativity. We are literally creating more life. And that's why I think that sex is like a really interesting topic to look at, not from a grooming perspective, not because you're making jokes about it, but because it is the ultimate act of creativity. Now, you're not wrong that sex is second. Death is not a creative experience. Death is a transformational experience. Sex is related to death, and I'm going to tell you how in a second, but death is not a creative experience. Death is where we transform from one type of energy into another type of energy. We never really die. We never go away. 
We don't snap out at the snap of a finger. We change from one form of energy in a human experience to another form of energy. That's transformational. That's not creative. But what they do say is, is the French call orgasm the little death, right? Why do the French call orgasm the little death? Because orgasm, as we human beings experience it, is an act of release that is unparalleled right? We have to completely let go of ourselves in order to experience orgasm. That is practice for when we actually die. Every single, and this is a, this is a messed up thing to think about, isn't it? Every single time you have an orgasm, you are practicing the release that is necessary for when you die, for when you ultimately make that choice to let go of your human experience and transform into that next thing. So the two are the two are related, but I would not make the argument that death is the ultimate act of creativity. Here you are. Oh gosh. Oh, hang on. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Thank you for the super chat. And they're going to talk more about that in a sec. All right. Um, I've heard some people say that God is like information. We disagree. Manipulates energy to create things, etc. Is that true? Here's what. Come on. What is, what is information anyway? Is it a form of energy? But go ahead. Again, I blasted you with a couple of questions there. It, I, I like the question that you're asking. He, he says it's really good. Is but what is consciousness? Energy that's aware, maybe. I'm not sure. But he goes, isn't that the same damn thing that you're just asking? information and energy and woo, they get together and mm -hmm. that's consciousness and we already said god is a mix of that consciousness but this god source is a collection of of pure energy energy that hasn't been manipulated to be into bodies that hasn't been designed to have character or role or purpose or plan it's a pure energy what well, does it have a personality it was just just this big giant infinity of energy or does it have it has yeah. love mom it has love love okay i hear that it, it is love right is god love yeah. yes yes it, and i've also heard you say be of love because that is all that we are when human beings operate they are always coming from one of two places at, at its very core level you are either acting from a place of love or you are acting from a place of fear. Fear might be considered to be a disconnection from source. God source, the one true energy. If you are acting from a place of fear, from a place of scarcity, from a place of feeling alone, like nothing has your back, like nothing's going to go, go well, like things aren't going to work out for you, that is fundamentally acting from a place of fear. That is another way to look at that is you are disconnected from your higher self, you're disconnected from God, you're disconnected from all that is. Lots of different ways to say it. But ultimately, like if we are coming from a place of love, that's going to be one of that that's going to be a much better way to exist in this world. And again, going back to that grooming article that we read, well, grooming in quotes, um, it's like this is part of the reason I have such a problem with this article and and then such a problem with this mindset that you have adults running around convincing people that like normal human relationships and normal human experiences are just narcissists grooming you for God knows what. 
It's like you are literally teaching people to come from a place of fear. You are teaching people to approach other human beings from a place of fear. That is a horrible way to live life. The only way we are ever going to live a truly fulfilling life where we feel not only good about ourselves, but we feel good about our human relationships is if we come from a place of love. We come from a place of opportunity. We come from a place of acceptance. We come from a place of, of meeting other people where they are and not trying to force them to bend the knee to us and to what we want. You're always coming either from a place of love or from a place of fear. And that's an important, if, if you don't feel like, if you're feeling bad in your life, you have to ask yourself, what am I doing to contribute that and how to contribute to that feeling? And how can I shift things to be able to come more from a place of love and acceptance and all of these things that are just, they feel much better. They have a lighter energy to them. I think um, that God is all there is. I mean, there's nothing else but God. That's everywhere. 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 People think that this God, this mm -hmm. energy that we possess is just solely ours on earth. Mm -hmm. He just went off on a tangent. Many, of course. Many bad words. Da -da 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 -da. You can't say true. bad words in this particular interview, Eric. It's just sacrilege. Go ahead. He said, that's, that's silly to think that it just belongs to us. It's in so many places and in so many different forms. I think it's going to be very entertaining, Mom, when we finally get over racism on Earth. We're going to have to deal with inter, <laughs> intergalactic racism. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to acknowledge other beings and who they are and how they look and how, what their personality traits are and what their purposes are. Mm -hmm. Well, what now you get, you're getting onto a tangent, often to a tangent, I think, are you? Hey, no, no, because we're talking it. about God source energy. So here's, here's another mind fuck that exists. So earth is not the only place that you can choose to incarnate to. Now, just to, to recap, of course, I believe that we live multiple experiences. I believe we live an infinite number of lives. We can live as many lives as we want, but Earth is not the only place that we can live those lives. What is unique? You can choose to incarnate in other places. And that's something that this channel goes into as well. I'm not going to talk about it as much today. But what I do want people to understand is that choosing to incarnate as a human being on Earth, that in and of itself has different nuances. There are reasons that you might want to become a human versus some other type of alien on another, on another planet somewhere. And the reason that is, is because human beings have the unique attributes of emotions. Not all beings um, are guided by uh, the emotional state that is present in humanity. And so um, the reason I think this, this is important to consider is I think that a lot of people nowadays are completely dismissive of the role that emotions play. They try to downplay emotions. They try to say, you know, facts don't care about your feelings or, you know, they try to um, own people if they're coming, if they, you're making decisions from an emotional place, not a rational place. Guess what? Human beings are inherently emotional beings and emotions are a benefit. They are not a curse. Emotions are, again, it's like if you can never experience joy or excitement or passion or, or rage 
or, or, um, or I don't know, like what other extreme emotions are there? Like if you can't experience the most amazing highs and even the most amazing lows, because the most amazing lows allow you to have a better appreciation for the most amazing highs, then you are not taking advantage of what it means to be a human. You are not living your life to the fullest. Um, Sin says, I knew we would get to aliens. We always get to aliens. They didn't, they don't talk a lot about them today. Matthew says, aren't emotions subjective? Yes, because life is not objective. And every single person who says there is an objective good and an objective bad and an objective right and an objective wrong and an objective uh, an objective love, objective hate, objective, you know, good or evil or any of these things, they're all liars. Life is not an objective experience. Life is a subjective experience. It is subjective based on the emotions that we are experiencing in that moment. And based on the emotions that we are experiencing, we will interpret objective information differently. This is why we have the phenomenon of two different groups of people experiencing the same objective reality, the same phenomenon, and having two completely different reactions to it. This is, let's take Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade got repealed. That is an objective thing. That is a statement of fact. Roe v. Wade got repealed. You have one group that's really happy about that. You have one group that's really pissed off about that. Each of those groups is having a subjective experience based on the emotions that they're feeling about that objective phenomenon. Human beings do not function in an objective world. There is no such thing as 100% right and 100% wrong, 100% good, 100% bad, 100% hero, 100% villain. There is no such thing as that. I don't give a flying fuck if Marcus Aurelius would disagree with me. I don't care. People who engage in stoicism, there is a place for stoicism. There is absolutely a place for stoicism. But do you know what stoicism is? It's about managing your emotions. It is about managing your emotions. That's all that it is. It is about managing your emotions so that you believe you are making better decisions. Now, you might be making better decisions. You might not be making better decisions. Who's to say what the quality of your decisions are also a subjective interpretation of the human experience, and it entirely depends on your goals. So... I don't really give a flying fuck, Matthew, what Marcus Aurelius may have said. He is one man that is having one subjective human experience. That does not mean that what I'm saying is completely made up and wackadoodle. And you know what, Matthew? You get to decide based on your emotions what types of information you want to accept and what types of information you want to dismiss. You might go, you are full of shit, Carlin. And that's perfectly okay. But to say that's an objective reality is not true because I will also have people who are watching this or listening to this who say, what she's saying makes a whole lot of sense. So you're having a subjective reaction to information that it, it, it is subjective to your experience. It is not objectively true. 
not objectively true at all. You can you can try to fool yourself into believing you're being objectively true if that helps you placate your fragile sensibilities. But that doesn't mean it's objective. Just because you say something is objective doesn't mean it's objective because I could probably find someone in the chat right now who disagrees with you, which makes it inherently a fundamentally subjective experience. And we're talking about whether it's all that is, whether there, I mean, if you have a, if God is in a glass, filled up a glass and it's on the table, is that God or is God the whole room, the whole universe, and not, not just what's contained in the glass? God is everything. So there's nothing else but God. Right. And you can take the word God and say prime source energy. Okay. So Matthew is now saying, Matthew and I are having a little argument. And Matthew, this will be the last time that I respond to you in the chat because it's not like you're sending me super chats or anything. Matthew says, you can judge objectively by the outcomes of your actions. No, Matthew, objectives are, uh, outcomes are not objective. Outcomes are not objective. Outcomes are not objective at all. Let's say an outcome is my kid doesn't get into their dream college. Okay, I don't have a kid. And if I did, they certainly wouldn't be going to college but let's just say my kid has this dream college that they wanted to go to all of their lives and they get rejected from it that is not an objectively bad outcome now the kid might perceive it to be an objectively bad outcome they've been wanting this outcome they've been dreaming about this outcome they've been working really hard to get what they want and then they don't get it and so it might say that is an objectively bad outcome but what if what if going to that college would have been the worst possible college experience that they could have had? What if going to that college would have turned them into a woke leftist? What if going to that college would have wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars of money to give them a piece of paper that wouldn't allow them to get anything more than a job at Starbucks? Then we start to look at that outcome and say, maybe not getting into that college was actually a really good thing. Maybe not getting into that college was actually the best thing that ever could have happened. It's the same thing with people getting fired from their jobs. I've worked with Dozens and dozens of people who got fired from their jobs, who thought that getting fired from their job was the worst possible thing that ever happened. And then like a couple weeks later, they went and got another job that was even better and paid more money than the job that they got fired from. So all of a sudden that that thing that you may have thought was an objectively bad outcome suddenly becomes an objectively really good outcome simply based on the perspective. So... Okay, let's say you were like jumping off a cliff and follow that feeling. That's an objectively bad outcome. What if you jump off that cliff and you're wearing a parachute and you have a glorious ride on the way down? What if you jump off that cliff and you land in a beautiful ocean and you had the time of your life jumping off that cliff? There are people who jump off cliffs and survive every single day. That's a subjective outcome. It's subjective. And, um, and God, because I is, think that helps the masses understand mm -hmm. how everything connects. You also say that God is love. You said, uh, so yeah. love is a form of energy then, I guess. Right. Love is everything. It is. Love is the basis of energy, especially uh -huh. characteristically mm -hmm. to earth. What do you mean? <clears throat> He's talking in circles. Hold on. 
He'll get it together. He'll get it together. If you can't tell, I have a real problem when people say there is objective reality in the world because I think that those people are fundamentally trying to paint people into a corner where they have no possible way but to interpret the world in the way that these people are saying is acceptable. There is no such thing as an objective reality. There are going to be a lot of people who lie to you to make you believe there's such a thing as an objective reality because that is what makes them more comfortable. But the fact is that we can always look at things and see good in them and we can always look at things and see bad in them. And if you are choosing, and this is why, again, I have such an issue with that grooming article, and I think it's so irresponsible of Deb Philman to share that article as though it's objective truth when she should fucking know better. If you are constantly, on, if you are living your life saying everything is bad, everything is bad, everything is bad, this is bad, human relationships are bad, friendships are bad, people who make jokes about sex are bad, everything is bad, you are going to create a really negative experience. We can always look at things and say, this is good for reasons X, Y, B, and Z. This is bad for reasons X, Y, B, and Z. You can always choose to look at things from multiple perspectives. Sometimes when the worst possible thing happens to you, that can actually lead where what you perceive to be the worst possible thing, that can actually lead to a really amazing outcome. But you have to allow yourself to be open to that outcome as i said matthew i'm not going to be taking any more of your questions unless you'd like to uh, send in a super chat but you can buy my book and find out the link is in the description below you're welcome there is no such thing as good objective good or objective bad everything is subjective and we have to if you are if you are so determined to look at things as objectively bad then what's going to happen is anytime you get a new input of information, you're going to almost unconsciously twist that information to be the worst possible thing that could happen. That's going to mean everything around you is going to show up in the negative. And you're also going to be ignoring opportunities to have a better experience. This is, again, this is one of those things. It's like, if you are not open to opportunities, if you are determined to see people in the worst possible way you can see people, if you are determined to see everything in your life as negative, then you are not going to be open to receiving information and receiving opportunities that could actually lead you down a much more positive, a much more fulfilling path. For for Earth's vibrations and Earth's purposes, mm -hmm. being human. Remember, I keep trying to preach that being human is really about being an emotional being, mm -hmm. having emotions. That's like the special treat about being human. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at how God's source energy interacts with Earth life, mm -hmm. it's going to do so with emotional character. Mm -hmm. That's the role that it plays for us. That's the value for us. Mm -hmm. See, if human beings are emotional, go live a different life on a different planet, then you're going to get a slightly different character. Mm. Maybe it's about survival. Maybe it's about community. Maybe it's about conflict. Here, it's specifically authentic emotional quality. The, the nature of humanity 
is living an authentic human experience that is grounded in emotion. And there are a lot of human beings, and that, that's what they're saying here. They're saying, if you choose to incarnate on Earth in a human experience, that the nature of that experience is like one of the, the challenges that you're going to come up against is that part of your purpose of coming here, here specifically, is to live an authentic emotional experience. And so if you're living life trying to deny that aspect of your humanity, you are not going to be living life to its fullest. You are not going to take advantage of everything that life has to offer. You're not going to be able to build glorious human relationships. You're always going to be looking out for the negative things that could happen and, and anticipating the worst. That is not a way to live a fulfilling and glorious life. Emphasize says, if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you? Yes, it's just water. You assumed I was talking about a bridge over water, but there are train tracks. Well, see, and here's here's the part where these conversations get ridiculous. Now, emphasize, I'm displaying your chat on the screen because you paid me money to do so, and I'm happy to take your money. But when people are being but like, this is antagonistic. What Matthew is doing in the chat is antagonistic. What Emphasize is doing in the super chat is antagonistic. It's not coming from a place of curiosity. It's coming from a place of fear. It's coming from a place of, I'm going to poke holes in this just because I'm being an asshole on the internet. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to poke holes in it to be an asshole on the internet. That is a, an attitude that a five-year-old would have, dude. We're trying to have serious conversations here. If you're not interested in having the serious conversation, then you don't have to watch the stream. You can go play with the other children on the internet who are not interested in having these serious conversations. Sweet November is objectively horrible. Well, no, your wife loves Sweet November, doesn't she? Your wife has made you watch Sweet November 86 times, so it's not objectively horrible. You just don't like it. You're allowed to have your subjective feelings, but your subjective feelings are not objective reality. No, emphasize it wasn't. It was two antagonistic trolls in the chat doing what antagonistic trolls do, which is try to ruin the experience for everyone else. This is why I block liberally on my channel. This is why right here. Did I say it? Hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? I mean, if you're coming to Earth, if you're choosing human life, you're choosing a life that's based in emotions. Mm -hmm. That's the value of coming to Earth. Well, what does that have to do with God? I don't get it. Maybe I would. Maybe I need another sip of coffee. There we go. Let's... That's exactly what he said. He goes, "Mom, drink your coffee." Mm -hmm. it's a about God source energy and how it is everything mm -hmm. I'm just trying to describe a little bit more and saying that when God source energy is working with earth mm -hmm. within all the belief systems all the religions all the life all the things all the inanimate stuffs all the animals it's a way that it interacts with us is through emotional value okay authentic emotional quality instead of what what other options would it be beside that he said you'd have to go to a different planet for that mom okay different place 
I'll put that on my, I'll put it on my. So in other words, if you are operating from a place where you are denying the emotional acts of the human experience, you are literally denying your humanity. You are preventing yourself from living life to its fullest. And again, to go back to that grooming article, that article was about creating fear. That article and articles like it and people like Deb Philman who do this stuff on Twitter all the time. This is why you should not go on Twitter. Twitter is a horrible platform. They are simply trying to instill fear. Most of what goes on on Twitter every single day is about instilling fear in people that the world is going to hell in a handbasket and everyone is trying to groom you and everyone's trying to take advantage of you and everyone is a horrible human being except for this little group of people and everyone is bad and wrong and evil And it's just not true. It is simply not true. But if you choose to exist in that reality where everyone is working against you all of the time, that is going to inhibit you from engaging with the emotional human experience that you are literally here for. I can't imagine anything more sad than that. It's like once you block off yourself from feeling anything out of fear that a narcissist might be grooming you. Like you shut yourself off from feeling love and joy and appreciation. Like a part of that article literally said a characteristic of a narcissist grooming you is that they will say nice things to you and they will ask you about things that you like. That was literally in that article. What happens if every time someone gives you a compliment... You say, no, 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 you're just grooming me. You're just grooming me. You're just grooming me. What happens if every time someone tries to get to know you, you say, you are a groomer. What happens when that becomes our reality because some bitch on the internet has convinced us that everyone who tries to build a relationship with us or asks us questions or says nice things about us just is inherently trying to take advantage of us. That's just not true. It wasn't true in this scenario that Deb is talking about. And it's not true for most people in the world. It's not. And But if you go into the situation and this is the story you have in your head that everyone is trying to take advantage of you and everyone is just grooming you to get what they want from you, you will shut yourself off from building relationships with people who could make your life better, who could serve you, who could help lift you up, who could help give you opportunities to succeed in the world, who can make you a better person, who can make you feel better about yourself. You are fundamentally denying all of those things because you are living in a place of fear that says everyone is out to get me, and that is not true. my itinerary then yeah on your yeah <laughs> on your list to do your things to do um all right but tell me about thank you just for today god eric she's doing that soundtrack again mm-hmm. he said my first meeting with god was Sorry, I am listening to music right now in my head, apparently. All right, we have another super chat from Emphasize, who is continuing to be a douche in my chat. Emphasize says, that combo has proven the irreverence snide and immaturity with the expectation of self-preservation without consequences. That's all I'm going to say, Emphasize. Thank you for the money. 
I don't know, emphasize, I don't know why you continue to come and to pay me money just to be a jackass in my chat. I appreciate the money. I like the money. But I really wish you came into the chat and actually tried to engage in the conversation that's taking place. Rather than, you know, basically trying to ruin it for everyone by disrupting us with these super chats that you know I display on the screen as a thank you for giving me money. But it is disruptive to the conversation that's that's being had right now. And you know that, which is why you're doing it. So if you want to keep giving me money for snide bullshit comments, I'll display your comments on the screen, but I'm not going to stop what I'm saying anymore to respond to them. That's the line I'm putting in the sand. If you want to give me money, great. I will show your comment on the screen, but I'm not going to continue this. You're not going to ruin this for everyone else. Not to take me off track. Uh, Is that seven for you? Yeah. <laughs> 70s song. Please don't make me sing it. Please don't. Lady, lady love. My, oh. my lady. Oh, right, right. My endless love. Yeah, okay. That one too, yeah. I'm not gonna sing. We're both it's too early in the morning. That's no the one. That's the one. My endless love. Okay. He says that's what it felt like, and it was more of a feeling than anything. And he said, when you you die, it's not like you go straight to this center energy, this God source. You don't have to. There's no reporting system here. <laughs> you, you know, you report to yourself. You get to look at your experiences. You get to look at what you've done with what you had available. You get to decide those things. God. So what she's saying there, and it's funny, Suri just went off, which we're going to talk about that in a sec. There's no reason that Suri should have gone off when she said that. But she's talking about how, like, when you when you go to spirit... You don't report to God to learn whether or not you've been a good boy or a bad boy, right? You're only reporting to yourself. You're doing an assessment that you experienced in this world, how you navigated what you had in this world, in this. And that's really, I, I think about this all the time. I think about like, you know, if I like when I die and I do my life review and I look back on how I live my life. Would I be proud of the way that I showed up? And sometimes the answer is yes. And sometimes the answer is no. And, you know, that's that. But that's we don't answer to like anyone saying, you know, you're you're going to hell if you do things this way. We're, we're more so evaluating ourselves and and, you know, working through the process of like understanding our experiences and evaluating how we did rather than being judged by something else. Melohim says, sucks to be England today. I think it sucks to be England every day. But, you know, definitely especially today since we kicked their asses. Thank you for the super chat. God doesn't do that. Watch this. Watch this. How Siri cool is this? another form of God, huh? Siri. God? Siri just went off randomly for no reason. It's just sitting on the chair over there. Oh, Eric, stop. He must have pushed the button. He wants uh, Siri to join us. Siri is searching for experiences you didn't look at what you've done. Wow. Eric, Quote, you, are you are you uh, bossing Siri around? Quotes about regrets. Oh, my God. Eric, did you do that? He's saying yes. Uh, yeah, because you can't access Siri without pushing that that uh, 
just missed that home button for a long time. So, uh, Eric, I guess you're not going to provide the answers. You're just going to dump it all on Siri, huh? Mm. <laughs> He's laughing. He's saying maybe you should ask Siri these questions. I guess so. Uh, no, seriously, back to your meeting. With yeah, the yes, because you, you come across God because you want to. You go to prime source energy because you desire it, because you want it, not because you have to report or that you're going to be judged looking at the good child, bad child, or what your life was about. Yeah. When about the time that I decided to speak with God was when we were deciding to do something much bigger with what we were doing you and i mom and what that would look like so for me it was more of helpful in an overall way mm -hmm. through all the other lives that i've picked and chosen to experience mm -hmm. to build my consciousness and how could i do that with it's making lights go off in the room Rain them in, Jamie. What is this? It's like the world of phenomena. <laughs> That's Eric doing his little, his little dance. So Eric decided to essentially go to God when they were kind of deciding what they wanted to do with this platform in, ter in terms of like teaching people about the nature of God and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, what this is making me think about is, again, it's like, we have to be open to different types of experiences. I think that one of the reasons that I ended up doing this is because after my article went viral, all of a sudden I had thousands of subscribers on my YouTube channel and I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, that's an opportunity to do something. That's an opportunity to teach people. That's an opportunity to talk to people. That's an opportunity to serve people. I could very easily have said, I don't want to take advantage of this new YouTube platform that I have. And I think this is stupid. I don't like being on the internet and I don't like being on video. And I could, I could have very easily dismissed all of that and not be doing this today. But I, I tried to see like, what is an opportunity that life is literally handing me kind of on a silver platter. I was so blessed with how my platform grew. I was like, this means something. This is an opportunity that even though I don't like being on video, which many of you know, like, I really don't like it. I get called fat every single day on the internet. I get insulted for my looks every single day. I don't like being on video. I don't like having my picture taken. I don't like dealing with any of that bullshit that I have to deal with. But, and I could have easily rejected all of this because I don't want to be on video, but I chose to look at it as an opportunity instead. And again, this is where we get into the idea that there is no such thing as subjective. We could have looked at that, the fact that that article went viral and said, okay, this is a bad thing. I don't want to be in the public spotlight. Or, but I tried to look at it and say, this, there's a reason this is happening. There is a, they could be like the best thing that has ever happened on the, on the history of the internet is for me to start this YouTube channel. And I don't think that's true either. I think the reality is somewhere in between the two. But my point is that if we are, if we are hell bent on looking at every single person in our life as someone who's trying to evilly manipulate us, or we are hell bent on looking at every single thing that comes to us as something that's bad. That is going to prevent us from taking advantage of the, the opportunities that are given to us in this lifetime. And if you don't take advantage of those opportunities, you're probably not going to be able to get to the places you could get to if you had been a little bit more open to what that opportunity was. And so I think that that's important. People reject, people say they want things all the time, and then they reject opportunities when they are like looking at them in the face. 
because they're afraid they won't be able to measure up. They're afraid they're going to fail. They're afraid that they're going to be left down. They're afraid that they're going to be groomed by an evil narcissist. And they're rejecting opportunities because of these things, but they're just stories. They're just stories that they've created in their heads. They aren't true. There is no objective good. There is no objective bad. You can always choose to look at things as the best possible thing that could happen or the worst possible thing that can happen. But if you make the choice in any scenario to say, okay, this thing happened to me. How can I make this into the most advantageous thing? How can I use this to my advantage? How can I use this to help people? How can I use this to serve people? How can I use this to make people feel good? How can I use this to give value to the world? Then that opportunity is going to be a lot better. Listen, I started this stream with an article posted by a crazy woman on the internet. Okay, maybe she's not objectively crazy, but in my subjective reality, she's crazy. Basically calling me a groomer because I made a joke about sex to a 27-year-old man. That is an objectively ridiculous thing. Okay, subjectively ridiculous thing. But I think that that's pretty ridiculous. But that's where we started, is having a horde of people post nonsense on the internet, which some might say is a bad thing. And now I'm trying to channel that into larger life lessons and conversations about the nature of humanity, trying to take something that's bad and make it good. This can happen to you any single day. Every single person out there can can keep like some can can take something that's like, okay, this is a bad experience, but what can I learn from it? What can I do with that experience? But the only way to do that is if you're open to the opportunity, you're open to the information, you're open to making something positive. I had a hard time focusing anyway. Oh. <laughs> pull back your energy. Random. In. Yeah, pull it in. Pull it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, so he was saying, I was using God much like a resource to make sure that what you and I were wanting to do, creating, manifesting, again, I'm speaking linear terms because this is how we understand everything. Sure. So please understand. Mm -hmm. Through that, I got to experience with God instantaneously all that is. Mm -hmm. You know how Eminem <laughs> says you have to lose yourself in the moment. Yeah. Mar Marshall, <clears throat> Marshall Mathers. That's his real name. He said, well, in the moment of communicating with God or connecting to God source energy, you lose yourself in the moment. You not surrender yourself not not burn up your consciousness you know and and delete that, that doesn't sound fun yeah yeah it's not that it's just you surrender the concept of designing your experiences to fit your understanding mm -hmm. to feed you mm -hmm. it's all of a sudden you're experiencing the whole all at once okay what did that feel like God, Eric, like, <laughs> come on, Jamie. I know it's early, but I snap to it, right? He is confusing me left and right. <laughs> what does it feel like? He says it 
for a human, it would feel like the, the peak of a climax of an orgasm. See? I figured you, he was going to make you say that. See? Orgasm is our way of learning how to release. Learning how to let go. So everything does come back to sex. It's not always evil grooming on the internet by those pathetic narcissists. Um, no, but what I really wanted to say here is so uh, Eric is and Eric. So people in the chat who came here late, Eric is the spirit that they are channeling. That's why the name of the channel we're watching is channeling Eric. Um, so no, neither of these people is a man. These are this is the mother of Eric and a psychic medium that is channeling him. Um, and they're having a conversation about the nature of God. And so he's talking about when he talked to God and kind of like, you know, felt part of of all that is. I've completely felt that. I felt that um when I did DMT, I felt that in ayahuasca ceremonies being lifted up to to like really integrate with um with everything. And and you know, I have definitely had the experience of understanding completely and feeling completely and because feeling like human human beings are emotionally driven creatures, we understand things by feeling feeling part of a collective, feeling like I'm you, you're me. I can feel what you feel. You can feel what I feel. And so that part of, of feeling like something that is bigger than yourself, it is an overwhelming feeling in which you feel, at least this is how I felt, pure love and security and acceptance. And it's like you're just surrounded with all of this beautiful energy where you know that you are unconditionally loved and unconditionally supported no matter what. As human beings, we forget that when we come into this experience. We forget that we are part of this greater collective. We forget what that feeling of connectedness is because part of the challenge of the human experience is rediscovering that through the process of living our lives. That continues. It just, it, it stays there. The, the whole body feels cracked open. Mm -hmm. you know, the whole part of your energetic soul, your soul, your spirit just feels cracked open. It mm -hmm. feels the presence of everything. And nothing is overwhelming. You know, nothing mm -hmm. is scary or shocking. That's it's true. just the aha moment that lasts forever. And it's your free will choice to step back from it mm -hmm. or to step into it. And you'll notice that most of the spirits that you come across that are working to help humans, to help the earth, to help these dimensional planes, you know, to, to work better and be better, find that they step away from God's source energy, mm -hmm. that they can understand more of the humanness of the experience. He's showing me magnetic um, magnets, magnets, mm -hmm. you know, one on one side and one on the other. And, mm -hmm. and the little soul is in between. We have earth and we have God source energy and the little piece of metal, you know, kind of goes to one, goes to the other, mm -hmm. goes to the other. He said, this is the dance that a soul and a human body will do. Mm until it lets go of the human body. It's, it's the human body, the, the physical, keeping mm -hmm. it very dense energy. Yeah. That gives the false illusion of being separated. Mm. 
from God's source energy to not be God. And he said, so I like that visual of the magnet because we have these aha moments where we're kind of closer to the God side. Mm -hmm. and then we have these moments where we feel very dense and very human. So you just kind of teeter back and forth. But when you get out of the body, you take off the metal piece. He said, you'll notice that the magnets actually want to come together. Mm -hmm. That you don't have to play middleman anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like to be a spirit with God source energy everywhere. You're, you're together, mm -hmm. but you decide your level of focus. You don't feel like you are, are pulled or not in control. So you decide if you want to feel more separate or whether you mm -hmm. want to feel more part of the whole. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He goes, it's pretty. So they're saying you, you can decide to feel separate from God. So they have another um, video that I actually watched today talking about is hell real? And I think some of you might understand why I would be interested in a video about hell being real and spoiler alert. No, hell is not real. Just like I said. Um, but, but, um, but hell in, um, in this belief system is about being separate from God. It is about being separate from source and about being separated. Like we like, so, so we do not have to connect with God's source, the one true energy. We don't have to allow that. We could, like, life is about free will. And we have the free will to remain disconnected from all that is. We have the free will to remain disconnected from source. But that is, that in this belief system is the literal definition of hell. It's just not being connected with God. But as human beings, we do have free will in this world. We don't have to choose to engage in that connection. And we can, like, human beings have free will to make all sorts of really bad decisions. We make bad decisions all the time. Um, I do find that life has a way of continuing to nudge us in the right direction. And it makes it harder for us to continue to make bad decisions over and over and over again, because life is going to be painful. As long if you are living a painful experience, that is most likely because you are making bad decisions. You're making bad decisions about the stories you're telling in your head. You're making bad decisions about how you show up in the world. You're making bad decisions about how you communicate with people. You're making bad decisions about how you're choosing to perceive your relationships. If you choose to perceive every single person who you become friends with as an evil narcissistic groomer that's trying to manipulate you, that is a bad decision that is going to lead to pain and emotional strife until you choose to make different choices until you choose to say that person probably isn't an evil narcissist groomer we just had a fight and maybe if i just had a conversation with them in which we just talked about our feelings in that situation maybe we could come to some understanding but that person probably didn't have bad intentions. That person probably wasn't trying to take advantage of me. Like until you make the choice to behave differently, you are going to continue to live a painful experience, which is why people are still tweeting about me eight fucking months after I last talked to them, Kieran. Not that we're making this personal or anything. Those who know, know. If you don't know, then don't worry about it. Pretty lame words, but it describes it really, really well. Yes. <clears throat> Lights. Lights are going off and off. I know it's not me. 
No. I if it starts to be me, somebody needs to let me know. I know. Oh, I don't think it is. Uh, let me see. Oh, so you said it didn't have a beginning. Um, hmm. I think we asked everything. It exists. It exists. Well, anything else you have to say on it? I mean, God's a pretty big subject. So if you have anything else to say, then please do so. Even if you choose not to believe in God, you're actually believing in God. Mm. How so? I love that. Ba-boom. <laughs> <laughs> he had better gestures. <laughs> How so? Because this prime source energy is omnipresent and omni-being and mm. omni-everywhere. So mm -hmm. even in the absence, it's there because there's no such thing as true absence. So, so when the lights are on in a room, you can <clears throat> see all the furniture. But when the lights are off, you can't see it, but the furniture is still there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. It barely passes. I can tell you that. Anything else before we close? I love that. Like, even if you don't believe in any of this, even if you think it's nonsense, that that doesn't actually mean it's not true. And so this is the the excuse I get from people all the time. It's like, oh, Carlin, I think that that all woo-woo stuff is just crazy and whatever. Okay. They're allowed to think that. There are you, every single person in this chat is allowed to think that I'm full of nonsense and that these women are full of nonsense. You're allowed to think that. And it's like, you have to, it's no skin off my back when people don't agree with me about this stuff or they call me crazy on the internet for believing this stuff because whether or not they believe it is truly irrelevant. It is irrelevant to how I show up in the world. It should be every like and it should be irrelevant to how you show up in the world, too. Just because someone thinks that you're you, the way you see the world is crazy should have absolutely no impact on how you show up in the world, because ultimately none of us really know. Ultimately, I could die and be proven completely wrong, but that's not going to change the way that I show up in the world now with a belief system that I think is really beautiful and powerful. And, you know, I think that too many people put way too much of an emphasis on how other people perceive and whether, you know, it goes back to the conversation about re objective reality that we were having earlier in the episode where this guy was coming in saying, this is an objective reality. And, you know, this is how it, how it is and how it isn't and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you can believe that all you want, but that actually doesn't change that. I don't believe it and it's not going to change how I show up in the world and it's not going to change how I perceive things in the world and, and all that. Um, Murphy's pool says jalapeno burgers were a mistake. I disagree with that. Murphy's pool. That is not my subjective experience. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. No, he says, let's just, <laughs> let's just tell people. Please don't do this. This is Eric's humor. Don't feel like Eric is saying that you have to do this. <laughs> but he said, this is so confused. I'd like you to see how I prepped it. <laughs> Eric says, I think we've just confused everybody so much. You should go have a joint, go get high, go drink your bottle of wine and chill out with these thoughts and see how they resonate with you. Disclaimer I would like to time. say- Disclaimer yeah. time. <laughs> Check with your physician and mental health professional before you do that. Yes, and then I, I actually think having a uh, smoking a joint and having a bottle of wine is a great way to grapple with some of these ideas. Um, I think, listen, like part of the reason that you get that that people get paranoid when they smoke weed is smoking weed will open you up 
to all of this. It opens up your intuition. You start to feel a lot more than you did before. And part of why people feel paranoid is that it is really scary for them all of a sudden to be opened up to all of these emotions and all of these feelings and all of these senses that they didn't feel before. And so then they get paranoid and they start to freak out. That's what's happening. But it really does. It opens you up. And if you can relax into it, then you're going to be able to get a lot of information. It's, it's, I'm sorry, like weed is great for meditation. Not like a lot, but like a little bit. It is fantastic for meditation. It helps you relax. It helps you open up more. Um, you're going to be more connected with God. It is a great tool to be able to use to be able to understand uh, different aspects of the experience. I would say meditate. <laughs> and meditation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Yes, good pranking, Eric. Good. Yeah, good awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This was very thank illuminating. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank you, Jamie, for putting up with Eric. Eric, thank you for some wonderful, wonderful answers. And uh, you guys need to check out Jamie's site with Love and Light. She's got some brilliant things. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of the stream. Basically, I, I really liked the stream. I thought the stream was um, really insightful and gave us the chance to talk about just some different aspects of at least how I see the world. And again, I would welcome everyone um, leaving a comment, letting me know what they think. How does God show up for them? Do they agree with some of the ideas in this stream? Do they disagree with some of the ideas in this stream? Do they think that Emphasize is full of shit um, with the super chats he sent in? Um, yeah, I do. I'm sorry, emphasize. Thank you for the money, but I think you're being disruptive and you know, that's just the way it is. But guys, if you want to watch more from this crew, this is on a channel called uh, channeling Eric. I really like it. They've got a lot of interesting content. Um, I might reach out to her to see if I can get her on the channel. We'll see how that goes. Um, but I have to wrap things up because I'm about to start a community zoom call in my locals community in just three short minutes. So if you would like to join us for a community zoom, which is a private unrecorded zoom conversation um you can head over to kb.locals.com slash support and you can sign up for five bucks a month or for 50 bucks a year which gives you two months for free or you can make a one-time gift all of those will get you access to the community zoom starting in just a couple of minutes you can come and have a chat with me and some of the other amazing people in my locals i suspect today might be a little bit of a lighter day just because people are out and celebrating the fourth and having barbecues and drinking beer and all sorts of the, that good stuff but i'm looking forward to the conversation um you know, Murphy's Pool, you had to leave us on this note, didn't you? You had to leave us on this note. That's okay. We still love you anyway, Murphy's Pool. Thank you for that. Um, and Woodstock, I have to I have to say, I totally disagree with your stance on weed and God, but still appreciate you as a person. God bless. Well, you're allowed to disagree with me. We are allowed to live different experiences. And as long as you're not being a dick in my chat, then that's really all I care about. All right, guys. I will be back tomorrow. Of course, we'll be doing nothing remotely controversial tomorrow at 9.30. I am unsure if I will have another stream before the show with Joshua tomorrow. So check back in. Um, follow the Twitter. Follow my locals. I will be posting on there if I'm going to be doing another stream. But I'm going to go hang out with my locals community now. So take care, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Independence Day. Happy July 4th. Go drink some beer and have a hot dog or two. And we'll see.